everyone. This is JJ Outlaw. Hi, this is T Outlaw. And we're back. Hey, we're back with a new episode of the Gourmet Guru Podcast. As always, you can catch me, JJ Outlaw, on the internet at Twitter at JJ Outlaw, because that's kind of my thing. If you want to see me elsewhere, you can catch me on Instagram at the Gourmet Goober, or sorry, at Gourmet Goober. And as always, I'm here every week with that dude, my BFF, my hubby, my partner in crime. I refuse to call him the Dark Desperado anymore because according to the CDC, we have no pandemic. <laughs> Big Daddy, a.k.a. T. Outlaw, how's it going? Is well. Is there still a mask <laughs> on my face when I go outside? Yes, but according to the CDC, technically, they're not requiring you to do anything anymore. If you get sick, that's on you. So, as long as there's, there's a land, no pandemic. <laughs> as long as there's a land of unwashed hands and legs, Ooh. there will still be a, some sort of pandemic. Now we replaced it with monkey pox. <laughs> so, as such. There will still be a dark desperado out there. Okay, first of all, for those who really know the why behind that, you wrong for the unwashed lady. Hey, that may be true, but that's stuff we keep inside the family. <laughs> we don't need to know the explanation either. I'm not, look, I'm not telling y'all. If y'all, those who know, know. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So. If you want to find us, let's go ahead and say it. We're on Facebook at the Gourmet Goober blog. If you want to find us on Facebook, we don't like Facebook very often. We admit it, but there we are. You can always go to the gourmetgoober.com, our website, and drop us a line anytime at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. Right. <laughs> Sorry. You totally took me out with the unwashed links comment. <laughs> I guess I did. <laughs> so, how was your week, man? Uh, my week was, once again, fairly uneventful. Uh, for the most part, uh, continue to work. Always There's, good. What's that? I said that's always good. Yeah, that's always helpful. Good to be a BMW without actually having a BMW. <laughs> I barely have a bike, <laughs> but uh, we're I'm trying to think sports-wise. We're basically on the precipice of college and NFL season. Uh, and, and why is that important? Because you work in sports, right? I do. We're not going to go into detail what you do. Just know that you do it. Yeah, I steal footballs <laughs> for a living. Shh. Now everyone will know you steal footballs. I don't, we don't care. want that. <laughs> yeah, I'm a professional football stealer. <laughs> hey, it's better than the in garden tackles, my dad used to say. That's yeah. when you sit in the end of the, the bench, you guard the water bucket, and you tackle anyone who goes after it. Shout out to Daddy for the joke. Dad jokes forever. <laughs> That's helpful. Uh, but once again, yeah, we're close to the you know, the end of regular season for NFL and uh, college football is literally like within a week or so. And pretty much, I mean, I, I know that the Goober and I are working on our, I guess, our uh, our tourist plan. Uh, we're are getting, we going to share that? Uh, we can. Yay! Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. But, I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to get into it like at this moment unless you really want to like jump into it. Well, no, 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 
don't know. I, I, I think even though this week was pretty uneventful for both of us, we kind of did a thing, which we're not going to say when, but we're going to be taking a trip. <laughs> we are. We were taking a, a little short trip. Uh, we're going to work on our uh, international part of our lives. We're going to try to get us some English accents. <laughs> yes, we're going to work on our, our accents, <laughs> our dialects, and, you know, pop around our tea, amongst other things, and other places. Yes, so we bought tickets to finally take a big vacation since the first time since the pandemic hit. For those who've listened to the show regularly, I think we talked about our trip to Toronto before, right? We did. Yes, where I basically spent my entire time eating my weight in poutine. And hitting up that one place that has, like, every dessert known to man. <laughs> Damn, that was a good place. Oh, my God. That place was awesome. <laughs> the cake as big as our heads? Yes. Yes. The milkshake from love. Oh, my gosh. And then, of course, the epic trip to Tim Hortons, who... <laughs> soy milk? What do you mean, soy milk? You'll take this milk and like it. <laughs> yeah, you're going to catch this milk. Oh, I'm looking for <laughs> oat, soy, latte. No. We don't do that here, uh, so yes. we got this milk. <laughs> it came from a cow. The cow says hi. <laughs> Drink your milk and keep walking. The joke is, when we went, I was so excited to go to Tim Hortons because I've heard that Tim Hortons is like the place to go in Canada for coffee, right? And I pull over and I get like an iced coffee without realizing in Canada at Tim Hortons, they automatically put the milk in the iced coffee as opposed to here where you can just get iced coffee without any milk. I had no idea. So the lady hands me this and I was like, oh, wait, but you put milk in. And she goes, yeah, yeah, of course I did. And I said, well, I didn't tell you what type of milk I wanted. And she goes, oh, you didn't want whole milk. You wanted like, like 2%. 2%. And I was like, well, no, I'm lactose intolerant. I actually wanted like almond milk. And she looked at me like I was from another planet. Apparently, <laughs> that's not a thing at Tim Hortons. Either get milk or not at all. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get the milk. <laughs> milk? You get milk. <laughs> so. But don't try too hard. But yes, for the most part, uh, we are, we're working on our plan. Hopefully, you know, the airlines, the hotels, B&Bs, you know, transit systems. Hopefully all of these will uh, come together and make a, make for an interesting trip. At least, you know, a trip and hopefully we get back safely. So I would just ask that you pray for us. <laughs> we're not going to tell you when or tell you how, but just know that, yeah, we're, we're going to try our, you know, our international vibe and hopefully we'll be able to visit some places and tell you about some of the different unique foods. Yeah. And that's, that's a big thing. So even though, cause like we generally as a rule don't share like everything about our lives. Cause you know, safety is a thing. And we don't want to, <laughs> but that said, I, I think you're right. And we are really excited. We uh, are making some preparations so we can share some of details on the trip on various channels, including social media. And of course, um, share some of, like you said, the culinary goodness that is over there. Um, 
Is there any particular food you can't wait to... I can't wait to try a full English breakfast. I can't. It looks huge and ridiculous, and there's a couple places I want to go, but I've heard that we can't leave without having that. Have dreamt of having high tea, so I can't wait to try high tea. <laughs> okay, so apparently I was told that, you know, I, I could partake of this, you know, the different teas, but apparently I can't put my, you know, my pinky finger up in the air and throw it around like I just don't care. <laughs> no! Actually, pinky, I've read that that's kind of rude. Look, I didn't come up with it. It's just supposedly rude. How's it rude? I have been, I, this, this <laughs> pinky finger I have had I have practiced this oh God, I'm so in sad. my life for so long. I have I have worked on my refinement. I am currently working on learning how to use the different forks and spoons and knives in a proper English setting. But damn it, part of that is my pinky finger being up in the air when I partake of this tea. And now I'm being told that I cannot do that because it's disrespectful. I am confused. <laughs> I don't know what to do with myself. What the world? <laughs> no, I, I I heard that. I'm like, oh, okay. So apparently, if I drink the tea, I gotta you know wrap my gotta tape my finger down. Okay, all right. Okay, here's the thing. According to, and I've researched this after we made our plans and we decided to go right because I knew this would come up. Um, the whole idea is that this is actually a myth. And putting your pinky up, finger up is not considered cute or posh. Damn it. And it is a well-established myth. And it, it's related to when the upper class had, when they had served. It's that the masters of the house thought that the servants were unclean and they didn't want them actually to touch anywhere near like the teacups or things as they were handling it. So they try to make it so that they would use as many, as few fingers as possible touching the china and or silverware. There's another myth that was first brought to England that tea was consumed in bowls without handles and that they were so small that you held them with your fingers and held the pinky up. But no, no matter which of these myths are correct, apparently you do not put your pinky up in the air when you drink the tea. So that will get us the classification of ugly American. <laughs> well, <laughs> I am and American. This, and this is Big Daddy saying, I give not. Yeah, I, I guess. You're yeah. going to put your pinky up Guess the what? I am American. I, and I'm I, just going to look away and say, I do not know him. Uh-huh. See, that's exactly what she's going to do. Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like Biggie. I'm like, I'm black and ugly as ever. However, I stay coochie down to the socks. Well, I do also want to just point out, apparently, according to the same article, which is hosted by the afternoon team expert, in some countries, to stick your pinky finger up in the air could indicate that you have a sexually transmitted disease. Damn! In French court circa 17th century, putting your pinky up in the air was a way to indicate that you had syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> So again, uh, this is your wife telling you, please do not embarrass me over there, up in that high tea, by putting your finger up in the air. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> with that, I guess, during my little trip, 
<laughs> to avoid uh, monkeypox and COVID <laughs> and I don't know, mad cow or something. I'm I'm just going to wear gloves and like tape <laughs> the like, you know, my ring finger and my pinky finger together <laughs> just to keep it safe and keep it moving. Okay. <laughs> Moving oh, on. Joke. Okay, so aside from that, now that my week has been enlivened by the fact that I cannot, you know, have a, a sip of tea with the queen, to the queen, and... Uh, Not with your pinky up in here unless she has questions for you. Exactly. Now the queen will have, will look at me a little funny. Okay, so away from that... Uh, what else was going on this week? I mean, pretty much, yeah, just working, planning for the trip, and... Okay, so here's here's what I was going to bring to the table. So, apparently, I was in the store earlier, and I, I know that, you know, as the calendar is getting ready to turn into the next month, we're on the precipice of that grand old time of season again. Not Not so much autumn, but, you know, that magical time of day week, month, season, where all people get together and they decide they want to put pumpkin spice and stuff. Oh, yeah. It's almost pumpkin spice time. Pumpkin spice season. Damn you, Starbucks. Anyway. <laughs> or, or what was it that can we call it? It's the international season of Karen. <laughs> yes. It's, it's the Karen holiday. Although, I okay. All right, you know what? I will confess. I like me a good pumpkin spice latte. Of course you do. Every once in a while, pumpkin spice lattes are good. In fact, you know what? Pumpkin spice lattes are, it's like a thing, right? Mm. So every year people track when this pumpkin spice latte comes out. There's a rumor that August 30th, so just in about 10 days from the time we recorded this podcast, um, you'll be able to get pumpkin spice lattes from Starbucks, and people see that as the start of fall. But but get this, Dunkin' Donuts are now offering a pumpkin spice cold brew um, foam with like sweet foam. No, it's a cold brew coffee with a pumpkin spice foam. That's actually pretty good. I had it last week when we went on one of our doggy road trips. You know, the one where I embarrassingly go and get, like, the omelet bite because it was the only way I can get Braxton to take his medicine. <laughs> Braxton, once again, is a doggy producer. <laughs> yes, Braxton is our doggy producer who is also a food snob and refuses to take his medicine unless it's embedded specifically and in Dunkin' Donuts bacon and cheddar omelet bite. That we apparently have to pay for every time. Yes, it's sad. Like, they know us now. We go through the drive-thru and they're like, hey, Braxton, time for an Abraquil? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. It is now officially pumpkin spice time. Duncan got the drop on Starbucks this year. Is this kind of like a, <laughs> the Santa tracker where they literally were like... <laughs> yes, it is. This is like, you know, when it starts to populate the, you know, the, the different uh, restaurants and coffee shops, it's like... It's just now pumpkin spice season, which will now go on until there is, I don't know, Christmas ginger, I'm sorry, eggnog spice season. Uh, but yeah, so I was in the store and I had to see if they are bringing back the Oreo cookies now. 
flavored again with pumpkin spice. And I was like, okay, it's been a minute since I've seen that, but now that they're bringing back the pumpkin spice Oreos, I was like, well, damn, here we go again. But I, I was like, okay. And it's always intriguing because every year that they come out, because I think this is the first time they hit the Oreo since 2017 or 18, uh, well before the pandemic. Right. I was thinking to myself, like, every year, like, when you see, like, okay, once you get past the pumpkin spice, pumpkin spice latte, I'm sounding like Charles Barkley, uh, then comes this litany of different products that seem to jump out that say, okay, you know what? We're going to jump on that pumpkin spice load, and we are going to come out with something pumpkin spice flavor, too. And I'm thinking to myself, can we just leave it to lattes, you know, maybe some cookies, some donuts, because, you know, the pumpkin donuts, along with the cinnamon, apple cinnamon donuts. That Those are, those are my favorite fall-type things, but once you start putting pumpkin spice in everything, that's when we know we have... We've overpopulated, and I think that... <laughs> so, wait, wait, wait. So, the, the prevalence of pumpkin spice as a thing in the fall is like a sign that we as a society have just gone off the rails. Yes. I pretty much... I would like to submit... I would like to submit that... Not global warming. Not everything going on politically. I think Pumpkin pu spice. I think pumpkin spice is possibly... <laughs> Responsible for global warming. Whoa. I'm taking that shot. <laughs> I'm also going to say that I think the rise of Karen might be related <laughs> to pumpkin spice activities. Okay. Okay. Uh, I may give you that because, no offense, I've watched some of these women and I know I may have seen a couple of these women show up on those videos in the line of Starbucks. That's all I'm saying. They have the uniform. Yes. That's one. Two. That's why you start seeing like people with orange <laughs> hair and or like orange flavored, you know, figures that are like running things. Wow. Okay. But I'm not going there. We're not going there. Okay. So outside of that, I'm not willing to put all the blame of society's fault and ailments on pumpkin spice. That said. You ever notice I that when like things go crazy, it's always around fall? No, 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 because there are lots of crazy shit that happened. Like, January 6th did not happen in the fall. Hey, I would like to submit, <laughs> and I wasn't going to go there, but, you know, if you think about it. Okay. When did we go from pumpkin spice season to eggnog Christmas season? It's around, you know, a couple weeks before Christmas, right? Mm -hmm. Like, just after Thanksgiving, which is like the cutoff. Of like, you know, the pumpkin spice type. Right. So when people going into eggnog season, they get a little diced up. And then uh, give or take about a month later, they're like nice and, you know, you know, when that, that possibility of withdrawal from the pumpkin spice, you know, when you have like that, that crack addicted, like, you know, <laughs> withdrawal where you're like, I've had the eggnog. You are with, pushing way too I'm far, like, my friend. I don't have any, I need some more pumpkin spice. And that, okay. that's when they start okay. to get funky. Okay, I think at this point, because quite a few of our listeners like the pumpkin spice, I want to say that the <laughs> opinions heard are yes. not the general opinions of the Gourmet Goober podcast. They are and, mine and mine and only. Like solely 
in Big Daddy. Please direct all email comments to T Outlaw. And you want to know why? Big Daddy. Exactly. <laughs> and the best part about that, <laughs> you can say it, but you don't know my call letters because somebody didn't let me like drop them at the beginning of this episode. Oh, Big Daddy can be found. No, online. no, 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 and no. <laughs> When T you say no, 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 and on Instagram at T Outlaw Josie Nope, got nothing for you. <laughs> but that's okay. So anyway, yes, the prevalence of pumpkin spice. It'll activities. be in the show notes. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like Mike Jones. They don't know me. He doesn't know how to update the show notes. That's on me. <laughs> Nonetheless. Pumpkin spice activities are becoming quite prevalent. What do you disagree? Okay. Do I have a problem with pumpkin spice as a blend? No. I cook and make things with pumpkin spice. It's wonderful to add to apple pie. That said, do I think that there are way too many problems with pumpkin spice? Well, yes. So, for example, I just read this article on the takeout.com where they talked about the best, worst, and most confusing pumpkin spice products of 2022. Among the things that they said that they want to try, and in all honesty, it sounds really good, include the Dairy Queen Pumpkin Spice Blizzard Treat, um, which comes out on August 29th, Dairy Queen in your area, um, the Jell-O brand Pumpkin Spice Instant Pudding and Pie Filling, the Krispy Kreme Pumpkin Spice Donuts, which I have had before, mm. and they are to die for. The aforementioned Pumpkin Spice Oreos and the White House Station Pumpkin Spice Habanero Sauce. Now, it also mentioned things such as Pumpkin Spice Cheerios, which doesn't sound too bad. Um, Siggy's, which is a brand of Skyer, which is a... Um, Icelandic version of yogurt. Um, they have pumpkin spice yogurt, which sounds pretty good. But then they have stuff that literally they identify under the category of what the hell. And I got to agree with them. That includes pumpkin spice, native spice latte deodorant. Because, you know, when I hit the gym hard, there's nothing I want to want more as I get out of the shower and go about my day. Then they have my underarms smell like pumpkin spice lattes. They'll attract all the, you know, like nice little caring ladies. Yeah, that's a bit much, okay? Or worse yet, apparently Neeson is coming out once again with pumpkin spice cup noodles. That's right, people. You can have pumpkin spice ramen. Ew. Yes. That sounds horrifying. <laughs> That's when you've taken it too far. <laughs> the jokes all ended right at that moment. So yes, do I love the taste of pumpkin spice? Absolutely. Do I want the taste of um, pumpkin spice wafting from underneath my armpits? Probably not. And I think that's where thing goes off the rails. That would be kind of interesting, <laughs> like being in the gym, like working out, like you like come away from the gym and you're like, I think I'm a uh, You'd be like, it smell like funky chips and pumpkin spice in here. I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. That, that would be much. That's a bit much. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how to take that. 
You know, speaking of t odd and taste, one thing that we probably want to wrap up this segment with is actually something that was recently announced by, of all people, Coca-Cola. So you, for those who listened earlier this year, what was it? It was the dream. It was the Pixar, like the Coca-Cola. The Pixels. space flavor. Yeah. Oh yeah. The space flavored one. Right. So I guess Coke is still going on with that theme of weird sounding coffee. So they now release a new flavor. Um, that's called Dream World. Dream World. Yes, it's called Coca-Cola Dream World. It's a limited edition flavor. And you can get it in the regular Coca-Cola. Or you can now get it in Zero Coke. And according to them, it's been inspired by the flavor of dreams. <laughs> okay. So, in case you're wondering... What exactly do you think dreams taste like? I'm, I'm just kind of curious. Okay, you brought this up to me like a little earlier, and I was thinking like dreams. Uh, they taste like unicorn flavored cookies. <laughs> unicorn flavored shortbread cookies with, with uh, sprinkles. <laughs> no, that's not what you said. There's a place where we live that offer cookies that are called unicorn poop cookies. <laughs> Basically the same, same thing. thing, but it has a more colorful name. Yes. <laughs> we want to honor the name here on the show. <laughs> so, because the Gourmet Gooper podcast, oh gosh, we're going to pause for just a second. Our doggy producer has something to say. Yes, so <clears throat> basically the doggy producer had a few words about that. Sorry about that, folks. The joys of recording from home. So anyway, because we're helpers here on the Gourmet Gopher podcast, I have decided to, like what we did with the the last Coca-Cola flavor. The space race flavor. Yes. That we would actually try it on the air. So in front of you, Big Daddy, is your very own bottle of Coca-Cola Dream World. You have the Zero Cola. Again, that's the no sugar option. And I, because I'm a sucker for punishment, have the regular version. Okay. So before we open this, maybe we should just take a moment to see if there's anything we have to say. Because for those who've heard the last podcast where we tried it, <laughs> the experiment did not go as very well at all. I remember choking actually on the flavor. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> So any last words before we try this out? And then we can tell you live on the air, on the mic, rather, just what dreams taste like, and just in case you wonder. You better pray for us first. <laughs> you don't want to choke. But two, uh, if I open this up and the dream tastes like cream soda, <laughs> I'm just going to be like, oh, that's cream. <laughs> okay. Before we open it. I like this. We have to preface this. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Because... I, there have been a lot of people who've been wanting to know what it actually tastes like. And according to articles, it's tastes like a regular Coke. It looks like a regular Coke when you pour it over ice, but there's like a fruit aroma, but they can't really name the fruit. A right. fruit aroma. All right. 
So I'm going to slowly open mine. Okay. I'm going to pop this like bubbly. <laughs> and on the count of three, we're going to take a sip. Okay? Okay, with me. I'm, I'm this a... is probably going to be like really weird. Let's do it. So, folks, we apologize in advance. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Let's, 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 let's do the wine tasting thing. Take a whiff. Ooh. I smell berry. I just I smell berry too. You know, it smells kinda of like a Fanta. Oh okay. wow, it does smell really berry like. Are you picking up any notes, Big Daddy? <laughs> I'm not a connoisseur. <laughs> I'm a connoisseur of Coke, but yes, maybe not like so. <laughs> Okay. Um all right. On the count of three, okay. One, two, Three. Oh. Oh. Uh. Hmm. <laughs> now we're just smacking for the listeners. You're smacking for the listeners. <laughs> I'm working on my palate. I'm well, sorry, doggy producer. You want some? You cannot have any. Uh, are, now, see, you've already had. He came out with his tail wagging. He wanted to have a bite. He's like, I will partake of this, <laughs> this you know, creamy beverage. <laughs> I will share my thoughts. Okay. So, it's sort of. Grape flavor, maybe? Like a grape Coke. Okay. I can't place a fruit. You were kind of close with the Fanta. I'm going to take a stab here. I'm going to go way back in my, in my memory. Because I don't think I've had this drink since I was like, I became a diabetic. But, um... Have you ever had like Canadian like blackberry? Oh, the black currant or the blackberry? Yeah. Yeah, because it's it's definitely not like strawberry or anything. It's definitely like a almost like a currant or a grape. Like it's it's a dark berry, you can tell. Yeah. The sweet the darker the berry, the sweeter the juice. But it's not like overly sweet. No, it's not overly sweet. And it's funky because like coming from Coke, you would think it would have like notes that kind of give you that caramel like, that kind of flavor from coke but yeah. it really doesn't okay i admit i didn't like the coke starlight at all because <laughs> you remember it had like that weird aftertaste yeah and like, it didn't have like an burn. afterburn yeah <laughs> so it was like okay remember when we were in college right and they had that like drink that you guys used to drink that left like that deep burn when you had it afterwards. It was the one that tastes like cinnamon. Okay, there used to be like avalanche and like aftershock or something. It was it was like one of like okay. I've never had that because I I like to live, and those who listen to the podcast know. Hot damn! I have like an allergy towards alcohol, so I can't process it. That said, that afterburn of starlight. It's what everyone told me that that drink was like. <laughs> like, I can't even look at the Coke Star like now. 
But I really like the dream world. So apparently dreams taste fruity. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like fruity pebbles. It, it, of like Coke. It tastes either grape or black currant tea. It is delicious though. And it doesn't have as much of an aftertaste afterwards. I don't know. Maybe we just got like a bad bottle or something. The entirely possible. But this is good. I would have this again. Yeah, this definitely. I can definitely say this is more you than me. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, you know, as a person who does drink a decent amount of Coca-Cola and or Pepsi or traditional colas, this is definitely one that's more, I'm not a berry flavor type of, you know, drinker. Like yeah, of course. Like you know, if I'm if I'm if I'm having my Kool Aid, <laughs> you know, of which you are a connoisseur. <laughs> I, I do connoisseur. You know, my Kool Aid or Hawaiian Punch. I do, or my Crystal Light. You know, I'm a definitely a you know a strawberry fruit punch. I'm sorry, red, um, or grape. Yeah, it's kind of got that yeah grapeish. Black currant, blackberry-ish flavor to it, but it's definitely like it's definitely a departure from a Coke flavor. No, it's it's really good. I I enjoyed it, and I'm not even a Coke person. Like Big Daddy can tell you, the thing I drink most often is water. That and ginger ale occasionally. Yeah, but so. you drink like bougie water. <laughs> I'm sorry, pinky finger up in the air, ring it. <laughs> No pinky finger up in the air for me. Thank you. Okay, We've already established again, that earlier. <laughs> taping fingers down. <laughs> I have to practice. So on that note, <laughs> why Big Daddy practices keeping his pinky finger down, why don't we take a quick break to cleanse our palate after our live on the air sample of the Coke Dream World. And then when we return, we will have three stories that crosses the intersection of food and pop culture. You're listening to the Gourmet Goover podcast, and we will be right back. Hey, everyone. This is JJ Outlaw, better known as the Gourmet Goober, and I'm excited to be here to share the great news that we'll be launching our very first monthly newsletter called Gooberland later this fall. Gooberland is the place that you can go to get everything Gourmet Goober, from recipes to details on places we love to go eat, interviews, and even behind-the-scenes content that you won't find anywhere else. Just sign up now at thegourmetgoober.com. That, again, that's thegourmetgoober.com, and click on the link to sign up for our newsletter. Or you can simply go to the show notes and connect from there. We are so excited to bring this to you. And so we want you to be part of our big, big launch later this year. So check us out now at thegourmetgoober.com. Be a part of Gooberland. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. Hey, everyone. This is JJ Outlaw. And T Outlaw. And we are back with another segment of What's Eating Us. That's where we cover the three stories that focuses on the intersection of food and pop culture. But before we go into that, when we took a break off mic, Big Daddy actually mentioned something because we got so much in our conversation 
I forgot to mention how my week went. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Which and is something that never happens. I didn't know that was entirely possible for you. <laughs> well, you know what? Our weeks are intertwined. So oftentimes I won't mention it because your week is my week. But my week was actually pretty awesome um, since we were on off mic. So I'll just go over it really quickly. We had a chance to go to C2E2, which is the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo. Um, Daddy took me to that. I think I may have shared that that's where I was going, but I never talked about the fact that we met Billy D. Williams. Well, we didn't personally meet him, but we went to go see him talk, which was really badass. Um, yes, he is still every bit as badass as you remember um, him to be. So yay for that good hubby <laughs> as far as a birthday present. And then the other really cool thing, um, I'm a hell of a nerd in She-Hulk <laughs> made its debut. Ah, uh, yes, that. She-Hulk. You, you know what, though? You enjoyed it. You totally enjoyed it. I showed it to you, and it was something that you were able to get into, even though you don't know everything. I know nothing. <laughs> it was like, I mean, it was entertaining because it's it's more comical. Yeah. It's like looking at, I don't know, Ally McBeal and super, you know, fanhood with him. Yeah, it really was kind of like... Um, yeah, Ellie Vigales, I think, is a good comparison for it, which I'm sure will probably piss off some of the fanboys out there who are just like, ew, girl-led MTU project, blah, blah, blah. But nah, I thought it was brilliant. And <laughs> Big Daddy's still in his feelings. Because if you've seen the show, which I cannot recommend it, please watch it. No spoilers. You don't want me to talk about what they talked about? Well, I mean, you can allude to it, but yeah, you don't want to like give away the mystery for the people who haven't uh, or will be seeing it on their own. But we used to put a spoiler alert in the pocket. Okay. okay. All right. I tell you what, because I think talking about it would be fun only because your response to the question and how it was revealed was priceless. <laughs> When I say he was in his freelings, oh my god. He had this like frozen look of like terror slash amusement. Like, I don't want to think about him that way. No. My mind <laughs> I never you know, I'm a guy. I I admit I, I have all the perks. I am definitely cisgendered, you know, alpha. Or at oh. least beta. You're you're cisgendered, let's put it that way. <laughs> You're not as problematic as the whole alpha male phenomenon is. But let me let me let me just say Okay. For those who know what I'm talking about in the end credits, you know what I'm talking about, and that totally shocked him. And we're gonna talk about it next podcast. Give you guys a chance to catch up. But <laughs> Well it's not ready. For those who have not seen the show. It's a Marvel show, so if you're unfamiliar, watch to the very end. That's all I got to say. It'll answer a lot of questions that have been lingering for a very long time about a certain someone. 
<laughs> That's all I gotta say. Who's and actually not on the show? Who's not on the show? And the fact that they went there makes me love the show even more. All right. So now that we got that out the way, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> let's talk about the three stories um, that we pulled this week. And the first story is actually pretty cool because, at least for me, because if people know me, they know that my thing that I truly love is three things, right? I love basketball. I love me a good opportunity to talk about nerdy stuff, particularly comic books. And I love a really great horror movie. Big Daddy knows that horror is actually one of the things that (laughs) drives him crazy about me only because if you go on like any queue of ours, like Netflix or <laughs> Amazon Prime <laughs> or Hulu, you know, where you like watch a lot of stuff and it's like, oh, we know you. We're going to recommend more stuff. Big Daddy thought say, oh, my God, there's so much horror. <laughs> right? Let's put it this way. I don't even know if I really even have a Netflix queue to work with, but when we go to our, you know, common queue here, it'll pick up everything that the Goober has picked, has watched, or has like at least previewed. And Lord, it's like a walking menagerie of like random horror at slash sci-fi picks, and I'm like, or flicks, sorry, and I'm like, uh, do you watch this much horror? And she just kind of looks at me sheepishly. I'm like, okay, that's all I need to know. I'm just going to be quiet. Dude. Okay, I admit, I don't watch all of them. Some of them, I just love. <laughs> a lot of them, I'm just intrigued by because I think I shared this story on the podcast before how when I was in college and totally broke as a grad student, I played this game along with a couple of my other outsider grad students that was in my um, internship program, assistantship program, where we would look for like really bad movies. (laughs) And it was sort of like our thing, right? And a lot of them really low budget horror movies that totally tried, but didn't quite hit the mark. (laughs) And the best part about a lot of those movies are the trailers. So I admit, some of those are just me just saying, oh, my God, this sounds absolutely batshit crazy. Like the other day, right, when I explained to you the whole thing about the Amityville franchise and how there's like a million Amityville movies that have nothing to do with like the original Horror House. Yes. And they all share the same like first name, because what happens is Amityville is a place and well, you, you couldn't copyright the name of the place. So they just slap the name Amityville and boom, it's a sequel, even though it has nothing to do with it. <laughs> um, so okay. there's like one that's like an Amityville dollhouse, where it's like a possessed dollhouse. And I'm like, e- you got to be kidding, right? Like, it's a dollhouse, not even the house. <laughs> Dude, just get rid of the house, like the dollhouse. It's a dollhouse. <laughs> so has anyone ever... Okay, so I'm just going to play stupid. Does anyone know exactly where M to be? Amityville is. I thought it was like, I want to say it's in Massachusetts. I'll have to look it up. Okay. <laughs> Avoid Massachusetts. Yes. 
Dude, well, actually, technically, isn't the gateway to hell in our in our city? We're not going to claim that. <laughs> I don't want to mess up the tourism board here. I don't want to go into a lot of details, but if you guys get a moment, if you ever want to, like, see something really batshit crazy, talk about real-life horror and Amityville type stuff, Google Gary, Indiana and Gateway to Hell. That's all I have to say. They even did a documentary about it. That the documentary maker is telling you not to watch it because he thinks it's possessed. The movie. (laughs) It's that serious. (laughs) Yeah. Here's how serious it is. I'm not going forward with any more of this. (laughs) Because I I don't want to invoke, you know, any kind of gates of hell coming through here. You know, it's kind of like saying Candyman more than, what, three, five times. I used to remember it was three times, but apparently it's five. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think after the third time, you probably know that you're, like, looking for something bad. But anyway, that's just me. That's when you're in. But, like, once you get, <laughs> okay, three times, I understand. Once you get to five, you pretty much were looking for trouble. <laughs> exactly. So, anyway. So, anyway, how this ties into the story is, obviously, girlfriend can appreciate a good horror. Which is why I think this is really cool that there is a company called... Nashimi Creek Brewing Company that is teaming up with the George A. Romero Foundation for his latest brew that's called John of the Dead. Now, if George A. Romero sounds familiar to you, one, you and I could be friends. Two, that's because oh boy is considered the godfather of the zombie movies with his movie um, John of the Dead kind of just really setting the tone for what will essentially be um, established the zombie movie genre. Um, So what this actually does, this will be a beer that they created that has uh, 20% rye malt, right? And they, I love this description they give. The John of the Dead icy undead body is bready and toasty with a spicy bite that accentuates pronounced bitterness. There's no escape with the notes of pine, berries, and grilled tangerine. Now, the best part is the beer itself will serve as a fundraiser for the George A. Romero Foundation with 10% of all proceeds going to the foundation's efforts to honoring the life, work, and cultural influence of George A. Romero. So the foundation's mission is to support the next generation of filmmakers and artists inspired through his legacy and they'll be able to do this by, by fi- providing fellowships, scholarships, and they'll also be working to restore his work. Hmm. So I think that's actually a really, really cool idea. I think it's tremendous. Just so you know, this brew will be released on September the 9th, right? They will be hosting the Neshimi Creek um, Brewing Company. They'll actually be hosting a screening of the Night of the Living Dead at its Corridum Taproom and Brewery. People who are there are encouraged to come and bring their best zombie attire, and they'll be eligible to win a gift card, a six-pack of John of the Dead, an event poster. So it's like a little freak show. Yes. <laughs> How awesome is that? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't know if I would quite want to be at that party. Now, the group, however, you'll be front and center. about this because i think this is brilliant for a number of reasons one 
it's a really great way to honor the legacy of George A. Romero. Um, because he, for us horror movie fans, his um, move has inspired so much. There would be no The Walking Dead for you guys out there who are fans of the show if it not had been for George A. Romero. I mean, his influence is just everywhere, not just in the zombie movie franchise or zombie movies that are out there, but for all of horror, basically, right? Right. So it's kind of cool that they will be using this to kind of preserve his legacy and then also to inspire the next generation of horror movie um, people out there. So that's totally cool there. But yeah, I, I just think this is sort of a fun and really great way to combine, you know, beer and have it part of, you know, pop culture. I agree. I mean, I like the philanthropy and it's basically a good way to for people to get lit up <laughs> along <laughs> with uh, enjoying like, you know, classical horror movies and like, you know, bringing forward. The, it's like a little communal of people getting together and like, you know, coming up with like new ideas to like, as you said, to bring forward like, you know, a new subsect in the genre. Uh, making, you know, this work and, you know, pe- people profit from it. Well, if you want to get your hands on it, and again, it'll be officially out on September the 9th. You're in luck if you happen to live in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, and Maryland. That's where you can stop in any of the Nashimi Creek tap rooms um, that's available. So you can get it on tap and then you can get it in cans throughout those areas. Um, I always, I will put in our show notes, if you wanted to check out um, the Don, the John of the Dead. Sorry, I want to make sure I get it right. John of the Dead is the name of the actual beer. Got it. Um, I will put in the show notes and you got to check out the can. Whoever designed the can did a brilliant job. It's it's like a zombie. One of them has like a zombified George Romero. Okay. <laughs> and it's just... It looks like one of those classic Grindhouse posters that, you know, was so popular when the movie came out. Oh, okay. Yeah, so complete brilliance and congratulations to Shimmy Creek and the George A. Romero Foundation for putting this together. Speaking of alcohol collaborations, (laughs) I would be amiss if I didn't also talk about something else that had us responding in a totally different direction. Before I do this, though, Big Daddy, are you comfortable with talking about this? <laughs> you had the uh, the right concept down when you said a miss. Let's just say Big Daddy is not really digging this. And here's why. This is a story that I came across on, according to CNN, and of course it's been confirmed, Miller High Life, you know, the champagne of beers, right? <laughs> they have decided to collaborate themselves um, with, not with a movie company, but of all things, an ice cream company. And they have created an ice cream bar that tastes supposedly like a dive bar. So here's the thing. They partnered with this company called Tipsy Scoop which is a company that's well-known for making alcohol-infused ice cream. And they have created something to commemorate 
the 100th anniversary of the ice cream bar, which, just as a side note, I didn't know that was a thing, right? I had no clue. So what they decided to do is they have created a premium ice cream snack that has different flavors to invoke the experience of being in an ice cream bar. So let me just describe it for you. And by the way, the ice cream, again, does have alcohol in it. So if you're like me and sensitive to the alcohol, just know you could seriously get a hangover from this, right? <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just. She's in giggles. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm really like blown away that they came up with this, right? It just, it seems kind of like a crazy idea. So amongst the flavoring that they have, they have um, caramel to help elicit memories of Wilderness Dive Bar and they have sticky floors, right? They actually have tobacco smoke flavoring. So it'll kind of be reminiscent of the smell of a dive bar. To replicate beer fears, um, fizz, there's actually carbonated candy in the dive bar. It has peanuts because every dive bar has that as a snack. Mm-hmm. And dark chocolate is coated in dark chocolate to um, get the same type of feeling that's associated with both dark wood and dim lighting. So it's a perfect blend according to them in their Instagram posts, which you can find on the Miller High Life Instagram page of smoky vanilla, gooey caramel, and the beer that you love. So, Big Daddy. Yes. <laughs> I will ask you what you think about it. I'm going to step out of this because, of course, the alcohol no, 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 it no, will no. kill me. <laughs> no, no, no. Come, bring it. <laughs> but you responded really, really strongly when I told you about this. I did. Can you share with the audience why? <laughs> okay, maybe part of this goes back to maybe my my taste. And as the grouper will so eloquently put on so many occasions, I must have very basic vanilla-like taste <laughs> for things. And once again, let me preface by saying that, you know, to each his own because... You know, everyone has a flavor for something, you know, for the dramatic, for something crazy. Hey, do what you got to do. And if you want to try this, hey, be my guest. I'm not trying to completely dissuade you. But me, as a person who has been in dive bars in his past, I think this is the most cockamamie idea I had ever heard. I don't know who's, wait a minute, and then on top of that, to like, to commemorate, to put it under the, the guise of commemoration of the 100th anniversary <laughs> of an ice cream bar? Yes. <laughs> Who, wait a minute, I'm, I, I almost want to go into my Stephen A. Smith book. What? Who has the temerity <laughs> to drop something like this and, like, say, ta-da? <laughs> no. Okay. Okay, what part of it disturbs you the most? Is it like the tobacco smell or? Yeah, that too. Okay, there's something in my head that I, I call it the, like the, the holy training of stupidity here. Okay. <laughs> okay. There's nothing wrong with three, like, you know, the concept of three things. or But 
like if one was with another, like if you're in a dive bar, of course you're having a beer. If you're, you know, you're, you know, eating ice cream and you want to do something a little different. I've, I've had a few times, just a few, um, ice cream that has been infused with some kind of alcohol. Yeah, like I've done my TJ, sorry, TJ Fridays mixes from time to time. I almost be a, the goober, like, <laughs> knocked out once in college. That was before you realized that my alcohol allergy was really a thing. Yeah, I did that. So, of course, I, I freely admit that, yeah, I've had some some alcohol a little bit, yeah, trailing through my ice cream and or, yeah, different mixed drinks. There's something about when you put the three together and the way that you 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 described what this concoction was that literally, it made me say, why? <laughs> like the 25th letter, <laughs> why? <laughs> you just want, and it's almost like a novelty act to me. Well, it is. I mean, it totally is. It's truly a novelty act. And I would only say, yeah, people are buying this to try it once. If you're going back to this, like, like this became like a, I don't know, a super flavor for you. I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> so your issue is basically it's 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 not the ice cream. It's not the peanuts. It's not the beer. It's not the tobacco smoke. Well, maybe it is. But mm. it's like all of it. It's just like a bridge too far. The whole damn thing. Okay. The all whole right. Just the marketing of it. I, I'm, I have issues. Now I'm going to ask you something. Yes. If given the choice between consuming a tiny food and trying this, which which prefer? Because it seems like this is on the list of things you hate besides the tiny food. <laughs> Does your mama like you? <laughs> Damn! <laughs> Why bring my mama into this? <laughs> because I think that's almost like what you did to me. That's like, oh, goodness. That's like a choice between, like, you know, like, you know, getting hit upside the head with a frying pan or getting hit upside the head with, like, a skillet. Isn't it the same thing? Depends on the, the weight of what you use. <laughs> okay. Wouldn't it be better, like, hitting upside the head with a frying pan versus hitting upside the head with a hammer? However you want to call it. <laughs> You know, there's hell and there's a hand basket. I mean, <laughs> got it. <laughs> pretty much, I'm just gonna say, okay, between a tiny food and this, ooh, man. Well, at least I know I could try a tiny food. I would be repulsed. Okay, I would be angered by it. But at least there's some kind of like usage for this. <laughs> And for those of you who don't understand, listen to last week's episode or the last episode. Big Daddy is just angered by the existence of tiny food. <laughs> that was a waste of my time and, and time. <laughs> it was a waste of like, you know, my like my energy <laughs> to talk about tiny foods and this. This is literally like right there. Oh my god. I can just see it now. We're gonna get invited <laughs> to Oh, it's like a tiny food show. <laughs> it ain't gonna be pretty. 
I'm not putting that out there. I'm not manifesting uh, that. I can pretty much tell you I'm not getting invited. <laughs> they know what's about to happen because there's about to be some, there's about to be a food fight, but the cleanup should be easy because it's tiny food. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this, uh, this little, this little concept here. Mm -mm, no, I can't get with that. But hey, do you, boo boo. <laughs> okay. Well, moving on. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Our next story quickly is actually, you know what? I'm I'm still confused by the anger about this, right? And maybe this will produce a Big Daddy style rant in me because when Big Daddy told me about this several days ago, we were in a car running errands, and I, I think we shared on the show that we often have meetings before we hit the mic about what we're going to talk about. You know, so like, you know, in the middle of like breakfast or, you know, we're at work and we each see a story that come across our desk that is just insane. And then we would text each other and talk about it afterwards. So the production meetings are pretty frequent here on the Gourmet Goober. <laughs> so we. So are the rants. <laughs> that too, depending on the topic. So when he told me this, I literally was just like WTF, like what the fuck? Because. The whole process is stupid. Okay. So we're all familiar with Cracker Barrel, right? You know, that's old timey place. That that place. <laughs> that restaurant that, depending on who you ask, is either a really warm and old fashioned place to, you know, get get breakfast in, you know, all day along with some other like country fried country style cooking yes or you know for others understandably when you walk into general store you you realize that the time and place that they're trying to elicit didn't exactly include you <laughs> didn't include me i can know that which is also true but that's okay i bought things in the general store so so there are some people that are very angry at Cracker Barrel because this past week they announced that they're going to be introducing alongside their other sausage choices. So it's not replacing. Sausage, just, bacon, you know, hash browns. Right. Like actual, like, you know, real food. I mean, if you go to Cracker Barrel, one thing they do bring on is the meat. If you ever seen their menu. Yes. And so they decided to be more inclusive by adding an impossible sausage patty option to his build his own breakfast menu. And baby, when I tell you that <clears throat> certain people were not happy with it and decided to go to Facebook in droves to the tune of more than 11,000 comments, ranging from outright anger to people pointing out that it's just an option along. No one's taking your sausage. <laughs> but for many people, the complaint that they've been having, the ones that have been angry that, oh, my God, they dare to serve plant-based food alongside the options of, like, pig and cow, that they're accusing Cracker Barrel of becoming, quote-unquote, woke. Yes, so, and we have a special, we have a special place in our heart for the word woke. Okay, first of all, 
You know what? I'm... Wait a minute. Do, 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 wait a minute. Do I start the, the clock now for your rant or do I just <laughs> talk about the meat first? I tell you what. Why don't you talk about the meat? Go ahead. Go okay. Ahead. No, no. Here's my, here's my basic reaction. Okay. If you have listened to me on this, uh, these podcast episodes, you know that I love my meats. Yep. Yes. He yeah. really loves his meat, yo. I love my meats. Trust me. <laughs> you know, when, like, producing my meat, uh, you know, for <laughs> consumption, you know, I have talked about in the past, like, you know, how I love to rub meat, how I love to, like, you know, cook meat, okay. how I like to grill meat. This I'm is moving forward. <laughs> yes. I'm not going to talk about, like, my, my inappropriate discussions. But, no, I, I, I do love my meat. You know, from the moo to the oink to the, you know... I don't know what sound a goat or lamb makes, but yeah, I like my meat. There we go. <laughs> Ta-da. But um, I I love my meat. And at the same time, I am trying to, as the guru say, keep myself in one piece. So I fully admit I am not a convert. I am not a vegan. I am not vegetarian. I'm not, what's the word, Episcopalian or whatever? <laughs> um. Pescatarian, where they just eat fish. Thank you. I'm not that. Pescatarian. <laughs> 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 However, it came around. Well, technically, you are because we've gone to the AME Church, but yes, okay. <laughs> By religion, I I I have a background, yes, in Methodism and AME, but like I am, tr- I am slowly. Once, twice a week, maybe, you know, trying different foods. And it may involve a few plant-based. But I'm not, like, you know, sitting here saying I'm not, like, eating salads and everything every day. But, you know, once or twice, like, you know, my lunch may include or breakfast may include, like, you know, maybe a plant-based sausage or chicken patty. You mix it up. Yeah, suit up. But I'm okay with it. I will... Really go. I am the same person that that be me who literally will take either a burger or a Beyond burger or whatever, and I will slap some pulled pork on that bad boy because I'm crazy like that. That's me, but it's the concept of having options. If you want it, cool. If you don't, trust me, as Cracker Bill says, it's just an option on the menu, but everybody. You know, and is losing their mind about an option. It's not like Cracker Barrel has gone vegetarian. It's just a random option, one. And I would also like to say, for all these people that were mad, it seemed kind of interesting, as the Goober will relate to you, that they ran to the the eight-letter network of social media as opposed to Twitter and IG to voice their displeasure. And I call it the eight, you know, the eight finger, eight digit uh, network because I tend to believe that two of those digits were snipped off your hands because you kind of got them cut off in wood shop doing something <laughs> stupid. No. Okay. 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 To be fair. Okay. To be fair. We know that there are certain forms, for those of us who work in media, particularly I've managed social media for nonprofits and things like that in my day job. 
So we all know that there are certain demographics that take to certain social media platforms. And to be fair. To be fair. We know that a lot of people and their mama and them go on Facebook for various reasons in our life that doesn't fit the description of missing two fingers because of soft class. Okay. Hey, you said it. I did so, No, you said that. I never said the you, network. <laughs> anyway, what we're, what, what we're saying is, uh, huh. yes. Did they take to Twitter? Pro- no. Um, I mean, probably did some of you that were at least intelligent enough to get there. <laughs> Ouch. Um, and to be fair, there were some complaints on Instagram as well. But by far, the 11,000 in complaints was just on the, the F network alone. And just the way that they chose to denigrate this brand by saying that, you know, they're insulting their customer base. They are being, they're going to go broke, quote unquote, by going woke. You know, maybe from some people, but not for me. I like old fashioned sausage with my breakfast. Give me the real sausage and the bacon. I mean, my favorite, my, my favorite complaint and this was actually, I found this one through the New York Post. Not that I'm advertising the New York Post because I think they're terrible. But I thought they were funny for funniness. Thanks, Cracker Barrel. Now my family won't be able to die in there because the trove of hippie stoner vegetarian live cucks will be invading my favorite chain restaurant and pushing their immoral commie lifestyle on me and my children. That's good stuff. First of all, bro. If if your life is that affected over sausage, <laughs> you have bigger issues. <laughs> okay, that's one. Two, I assure you <laughs> that the hippie <laughs> libs, as you call it, the hippie commie libs, <laughs> are not going to be going to, of all places, Cracker Barrels and Droves because of your little impossible beat sausage. Okay, <laughs> that is not happening. True. <laughs> Speak on, sis. <laughs> and three, I mean, <laughs> the level of vitriol that you have for your fellow man because they're vegetarian. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, plus this leads to a whole nother thing. And that was actually the basis of my rant when you and I talked about this. This, why is it? that they have latched on to the idea of being woke. First of all, they're using the term woke so poorly, right? Yes. Second of all, I mean, it's incorrect. Second of all, dude, woke is a term that we all use like several years in jargon ago. (laughs) Why is it that they're always latching to like words and phrases <laughs> it's like not even in the mainstream anymore. I'm I'm surprised if the next thing they're gonna be like those hippie hippie commie lives with their bling bling <laughs> for shizzle. <laughs> I mean, come we're on. gonna get to that in a minute. But... Yeah, we're gonna get to that in a minute. But I'm just like, yo, 
you think you're trying to be like all hip and like in our faces with your stupidity. It just makes you more dumb because we don't even say woke anymore. Seriously, we don't. Yeah, there's no Matt Lauer to like, you know, keep that going. <laughs> what did they all just have a meeting and go, you know what? The Dunko and people whose morals may be different than our own and I don't know, they they want to talk about black history and want they want you know, like, you know gay kids to be treated equally. That's woke. Yeah. Um no, that's not what it means. As soon as you say any last matter, all of a sudden, well, I mean, it's called like, ooh, you're, no, this woke politic, you know, woke concept of things. And I'm like, okay, so the best way I can explain is this. I have a t-shirt. I have a t-shirt that I think on the t-shirt it says like, you know, stay, stay woke. woke. Yeah. And that, when was that t-shirt bought? Like, I think like six years ago. That t-shirt was like six or seven years ago. So, sorry, peeps. I think that shirt has holes in it. <laughs> I mean, the idea that I, and, and maybe, maybe that's okay. You know, maybe I, I'm thinking they just saw like Ron, like Ron DeSantis or some of those other assholes. They finally, right, dis- right, right, right. they finally just discovered the Urban Dictionary and just looked up something. We don't even use that term anymore. Yeah. So, the idea that you think you're dunking on us by just using it incorrectly just further makes you look like out of an out of touch boomer. And this is coming from me, <laughs> which isn't that far in age from it. But dude, no, my thing it's is not the okay. dunk you think it is. Sorry. Exactly. No, my concept is this: like, okay, we know what it is. It's a buzzword. It's a dog whistle. Yes. You know, you can keep barking it up all you want, but at a certain point, you need to muzzle that. You need to like break. You need to bring that back because it's it's starting to get really tired and played out. And you know, I know what you're aiming at, but at a certain point, it makes you look very, very lame. And, and don't try. Now, to the gentleman who. And that same comment that I read before said he'll be taking his hard-earned money to Waffle House or wherever they can at least smoke inside. Good luck with that, first of all. But second of all, just wanted to point out to them and all the complainers um, talking about Cracker Barrel's choice is that they're only the latest restaurant train to offer a plant-based meat alternative. And just to give you an idea how widespread the introduction of impossible and beyond beef to fast food chains um, or restaurants and general menu items. So far, companies such as Burger King, McDonald's, Wendy's, Denny's, Bear Burger, Del Taco, TGI Fridays, Carl's Jr., even Kentucky Fried Chicken, all have plant-based meat alternatives on their menus. Which reminds me, the KFC, like, I could totally have that again. Remember the KFC, like, plant beets nuggets? Oh, yeah. Those were Ooh. good. Those were lit. Okay. I I'm not even admit, a KFC fan. Yeah, I, I, I really admit, me, me, me personally, <laughs> when, okay, like I said in the previous episode, when I hit those, first and foremost, if you get them brand new hot, like, make sure they bring it to you hot. Hot. Yes. You know, because after a while, like, you know, once it cools down a little bit, you know, it does get a little chewy and, 
you know, a little bit of the plant-based taste comes through, like a little bit more than you wanted. But oh yeah, those, those were. Uh, I was actually very impressed. Now I want some. Do they still offer them? I don't know. <laughs> KFC, get on that. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> while you're at KFC, go. You, have you found those eleven herbs and spices yet? Ooh, ouch, ouch, ouch. <laughs> I'm just saying. But anyway, Cracker Barrel. So. <laughs> So if you're wanting to try it, it should be hitting the menu soon. And to for those of you who think that your meaty manhood is being challenged by it, I would offer a recommendation to at least try it. You might be presently surprised. And, you know, if you do and you like it, don't worry. We'll keep your secrets so that your bigoty friends will not think less of you. Yeah. Ah, just kidding. I'm going to post that shit everywhere if I see you doing it. <laughs> Yeah, and then you can take yourself off. Well, you know. <laughs> Just kidding. We're not eating the Cracker Barrel. <laughs> no, the Goober likes to go to Cracker Barrel. You know what? I did when I was in college. I admit that. Because even does. Cracker Barrel was better than what was in the dorm. But no, I haven't willingly eaten in the Cracker Barrel in a very long time. We had Cracker Barrel for Thanksgiving like two years ago. And we regretted it, didn't it? Okay, so... <laughs> I don't remember if we had, well, I mean, I think we, we had um, an ad Twitter-like um, reaction to it. Cracker Barrel and Thanksgiving. Very unseasoned. Yeah, if Very you want, like, nice and simple food, you know, and Cracker Barrel did deliver. I mean, they didn't deliver, deliver, but because we had to go pick it up. But the Thanksgiving um, at Cracker Barrel. Um, it was what we needed, but um, what we want in terms of seasoning, I think we had to have an intervention to uh, help that out, especially the mac and cheese. Am I right? Yeah, I had to redo that mac and cheese with the skill of a chemist. <laughs> that was actually pretty funny. All I can say is the next year for Thanksgiving, instead of Cracker Barrel, we hit up a, a, a Jamaican place and we were very pleased. So I recommend doing that. Yeah, that was a change of pace. <laughs> So on that note, let's close things out with the last story. And speaking of food um, with interesting hybrid or interesting pedigrees, did you know that Snoop Dogg or as the guy in the commercial from, you know, Brooklyn 99, Jake Peralta, (laughs) a.k.a. But guy's name off the top of my head now. <laughs> I only know him as Jake Peralta. And he calls him in the um, commercial Snoopy Well, anyway, Snoop Dogg is growing his empire by launching in the near future his own breakfast cereal. It's going to be called Snoop Loops. <laughs> and it's going to be a brightly colored marshmallow filled cereal. The Loops, who has a mascot of a cartoon dog, is being produced through his broadest fan, broadest food label, which, as we know, that's his real last name. Calvin Broadus is Snoop Dogg's real name. Is it Broadus or Brodus? I think it's Brodus. Now I think about it. I apologize, Uncle Snoop Brodus, obviously. Which um, is run by, of all people, Master P. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh. So, That's all I got. The Loops 
is now being advertised as having more corn, more flavor, and more marshmallows than what separates us from the rest. If you like Fruit Loops, then you'll love Snoop Loops. Oddly enough, and we were laughing about this, about how for shizzle is out of touch, and we don't say that anymore. It's actually in the Master P tweet. Really? Yeah. He said it's very delicious for shizzle. Which intrigues me. <laughs> so neither Snoop Dogg or Master B, according to Food and Wine, provided any information amongst the imminent arrival of the loops. And as of the writing of the article, which was on August the 17th, there's still no release date um, and how been acquired in the cereal. Now, if it's anything like Master P's other food lines, which Master P um, has, believe it or not, a pretty substantial history and marketing to quote unquote urban markets, i.e. black and brown people. Um, yeah, he's a snacks. very large, tremendous street level entrepreneur. Right. And Rap Snacks, which we actually talked about, was it in our very second episode of the Gourmet Goober podcast years ago? Because we named them one of the best food snacks ever. Especially the ones that's done by the Migos because they're Rap Snacks, which is a brand of like potato chips and like cheese doodles. Um, they have, yeah, it's mostly potato chips and cheese doodles in that particular brand. Um, yeah, the Migo one is comes with a Dava Ranch, so they feel me. <laughs> the Goober approves. <laughs> the Goober approves. But then they also have his own brand of ramen. And then he has Uncle P's pancakes. Interesting. So obviously he has like a big background and food marketing. A lot of it is um in stores, although you're probably not going to find wrap snacks in, like, Strack and Ventile. <laughs> but, like, the bodega down the street, it's probably all over it. Um, but I know the ramen, the ramen you can only get online. At least I've only found it online. Which is interesting, because I want to try the prime rib one. Because I secretly love ramen. That sounds good. Even though <laughs> my side note to wrap snacks is... Um, I'm paying for the bag. I'm paying for the food that's in the bag. I'm not paying for the air that you're constantly pumping in the bag at this moment. But that's just not wrap snacks. So that's everything. Like you regularly eat legs and you know that you're not getting the full bag of legs. Yeah, but I'm like Sky Pippen. I ain't paying for the bones. <laughs> just like I ain't paying for the air. I'm like, come on now. Can you put a little bit more in the wrap snacks? Okay, no tipping, Pippen. Nonetheless, <laughs> don't make me throw a shoe at you. <laughs> but yeah, we can also hope that Snoop Loops has, like, you no, know, actually fills his bag up or so, fills his box. So, are you excited about it? And then, what do you think Snoop Loops actually tastes like? Okay. Am I excited? Yes. I don't know if I can eat it. Because if it's got a lot of sugar in it, because. There are a lot of cereals that do. Right. Because I really admit, like, I used to eat Fruit Loops when I was younger. I used to eat them as snacks when I, at first when I was working. Now I'm like, um, I don't know if I can hit that, but, you know, Snoop has done a lot of really interesting things in terms of marketing. 
So I would definitely try it, but I don't know if I could do it on the regular one. But what would it taste like? Yeah. I mean, obviously, it sounds like it has like a berry taste because that's what Master P says. Mm-hmm. So you think it's like, I mean, he already has like his own like strawberry infused gin line. Um, Snoop does. I think he also has like a vineyard where he produces his wine. So maybe like I imagine strawberry or something, perhaps. Entirely possible. Or different berries. At least I hope it's different than like Fruit Loops. Because as we just talked about on a previous episode, it's kind of misleading because Fruit Loops, all the fruits. All the Fruit Loops, every last one of them, they may have different colors, but there's only one flavor. It's not like a mixture of flavors. Which I think is sort of like a rip, right? This is a rip, and how <laughs> dare you say that to me? <laughs> We've already talked about this. This is true. I didn't come up with it. They just... Because all this time, you, you know, the commercials when we saw when we were children, where Toucan Sam is like talking about the different flavors, and what berries or fruit supposed to go to and then the maker of the cereal is like nah it's there's no individual flavors it's just one flavor no matter the color see this is like you <laughs> told me see this, every time the goober says this to me like i i i get i get caught up in my feelings because it's like telling me you know there's no easter bunny there's an easter bunny like there's no santa claus I was born on Christmas. It, <laughs> if I want to believe in Santa, then damn it, I'm going to believe in Santa. <laughs> but yeah, even if there really is like no individual flavors, it's the kind of stuff you're looking at the colors. It's like, you know, looking at like Lucky Charms and, and Fruity Pebbles or, you know, twi- tricks. You know, whatever you want to say, just the different colors makes it look so pretty. And I would like to believe they have lovely flavors, you know, especially with Snoop. He's definitely into the flavors, the different herbs, if you will. So I would like to believe that my man has gotten together with his group (laughs) and has made, you know, cereal that has different flavors. So, you know, to have different notes of different seasonings that will make me feel comfortable (laughs) You know, partaking and passing. Uh, that would be me. I feel like I have broken your heart all over again when I explain this to you. <laughs> but actually, according to the manufacturer, Fruit Loops, um, all all the delectable loops are flavored the same flavor, and that may be why. <laughs> Keep digging that knife into me. <laughs> If you look at it, it's not even fruit, like F-R-U-I-T. It's fruit spelled F-R-O-O-T. I can't help if they can't spell. So they legally can't call it like fruits, like different fruits. It's just all one flavor, baby. I'm I get in the box. I was, <laughs> it's all just sugared corn, but still, or is it corn? I think so. Okay. However it got there. <laughs> It's the colors and the belief that the colors each have their own different flavor. Okay, you can you can hold on to that. But for the rest of the audience who wants to know, and I'll even put a link to the article which appeared in Time magazine. I'm afraid that to bust your bubble, there's only one flavor of Fruit Loop. No what are what you color. like? Are you the elf on the shelf? <laughs> are 
Are you calling me a snitch? <laughs> well, if it looks like a snitch Ooh. and it smells like a snitch. Ouch. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Should I just say snitches? <laughs> My love. <laughs> you know what? I will put a link not only to the Time article, but there's actually a really great story that appeared earlier this year in MASH about why Fruit Loops changed their name, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to Uncle Snoop's cereal when it comes out. <laughs> and there's a standing um, standing invitation to Snoop Dogg. So if you want to be on the show, we would love to have you to talk about some of your other food um that you're putting out there because dude you're a snoop dog why not <laughs> yeah of course you know you're the, you're the dog father he's the dog father one and that goes for master p too because i think master p would be a really awesome guest he's a walking he's a business genius let's just say <laughs> that you know i gotta give p all the credit for everything he has brought forth to the community our community and the snoop Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I tell you what, we're going to take a break. Not only because it sounds like my cat is going insane in our kitchen right now, but because Big Daddy needs time to recover from yet again being disappointed by the fact that Fruit Loop isn't actually multiple flavors blended into one cereal. So when we return, we will close out our show as we do every episode where we talk about the best thing we ate this week. So you're listening to the Gourmet Guru podcast. We will be right back. Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Emily. And we're the hosts of A Dark Cup of History Tea, a spin-off series to our regular podcast, A Nice Cup of History Tea, where we dive headfirst into the weird and paranormal aspects of the world we all live in. If you want to know your woman in red from your woman in white, or precautions to take against demonic dolls, and just where to go to find Batshuck on a moonlit night, why not give us a listen? Together we talk about the dark, creepy and downright terrifying parts of our history and folklore, as well as what you should do if you ever encounter any of them. Interested? Come and find us on Buzzsprout, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts. So turn on the lights, grab a blanket and some rock salt. And, and let's, let's get, get dark. Hey everyone, we are back. This is JJ Outlaw. Hi, this is T Outlaw again. And, and we are back to close out the show as we always do. We're going to talk about the best thing we ate this week. And as always, this may be restaurants that we love and we encounter. This may be you know, recipes that we make at home. So we open it up to our listeners because we want to hear from you about the best thing you ate this week. If you have some place that you want to share, you can just drop us a line at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. Again, that is thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. And man, I got to say, just as a side note, and we've been talking about this off mic, I am super excited again about our upcoming trip to London. So we are going to be recording a lot of cool segments and Hey, why not have like an episode just dedicated to the plus places that we ate while we we're in London, like bonus content? Maybe we can produce something for the newsletter that I know that we've been working on. Where I go and I act like I know what I'm eating. <laughs> but 
pray that, you know, <laughs> it's worthy of my palate. Maybe we'll just do a whole segment on whether or not you'll be able to keep your pinkies down. I'm taping my pinky <laughs> to my hand. Because I don't want to, like, you know, have them, like, throw me in, like, you know, the Tower of London or something. Hey, speaking of our newsletter, before I forget, we are going to be launching a newsletter later this year. We'd love you to be a part of it. It'll have bonus content that you won't be able to hear on the podcast. Um, so if you're interested, you can go to thegourmetgooper.com. Again, that's thegourmetgooper.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. You can buy some Gooper swag. We've got some good gear going on. You can donate to the show because, yo, we need to keep the lights on. And, you know, that trip to London is not cheap. So yeah, <laughs> if you would answer, like yeah. to contribute, hey, we'd love you to do that. We put out consistent content all the time. We do this because we love it. So, yeah, all of that's waiting for you at thegourmetgooper.com. And you were saying? <laughs> I got nothing. I was like, yes, trip will not be cheap. And, you know, I might have to, you know, I might have to, you know, make some change up in London, like, you know, in my underwear or something. What, are you going to be in the pool? <laughs> I don't know why you laughing. Got to make a little change up in here. <laughs> okay. Now that that is in my head and it's not leaving. <laughs> Why don't you share with everybody the best thing you ate since the last time we were on the mic? Okay. <laughs> so, since the last time we were on the mic, uh, I was not in a dive bar. <laughs> no. Yeah. It definitely wasn't tiny food. It was definitely not tiny food, but it actually was uh, simple food. And it actually came from the Cooper. Really? Uh, Yes, it came from, you know, your hands and your brain. And it was, I forgot exactly how we, this came to be, but uh, there was something we were supposed to have for dinner. And apparently we had some random leftover, like, hamburger buns that were we had to use up before they started to change. And the Goober one night just decided, you know, since it, we needed to get dinner, and... She had these random buns that she would put together like a little something that she threw in the oven. And I was like, what is it? And she says, it's called a funeral sandwich, or a set of funeral sandwiches. Yes. And I was like, I'm sorry, funeral sandwiches? I had never heard of this before. This was brand new for me. So I was like, oh, and you know, it's buns, you know, she's not going to put like, you know, Brad booty cheeks on these <laughs> On these buns, so I figured... Well, I, no, because I have to eat them, too. Right. <laughs> I don't know what you, you... have a very interesting palate. Mine's a lot, you know, simpler, but... I said, okay, I trust you to make something, you know, pretty easy. You know, in the oven. That's how it work. And she presented to me, like, you know, these sandwiches, which are, like, you know, nice and baked. And, you know, they're almost like... I, see, I'm gonna say something stupid now. I say they were kind of like almost pressed a little bit, but like the way that things kind of came together in the oven and congealed because it was like what ham and cheese and uh, what else was on that sandwich? Onions. Actually, there were no onions. There were no onions. No. Okay, never mind. Okay, for those of you who are familiar, funeral sandwiches. They're common in the Midwest, like where I'm from in Indianapolis. And also I have have Midwestern friends in like Michigan and other places who's had them. Although I have seen them in the South. Uh, usually they're not made with full buns, but these are like smaller hamburger buns. So we got away with it. 
I mean, seriously, they're really basic. It's so I'm surprised that you love them so much, but you did eat a hell of a lot of them. So maybe that should have been my clue. Yeah, put it in work. <laughs> um, what it is, basically, it's hard to describe. It's like a glazed uh, yes, ham and cheese yeah. sandwich. A glazed ham and cheese sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like a special glaze that you put on it that has like Dijon mustard and Worcestershire sauce and brown sugar. And yeah, it's like a particular mixture. And then you glaze the, you lay it on the bottom of the, um, the actual like pan a that you put in, oven. bacon sheet. And then you put the buns on, you put the filling in top of it. You put the top of the buns on and then you spread the glaze on it and you bake it. So it's deceptively easy. The idea behind the name funeral sandwiches is that you make a tray of them so that it's something that you can typically take if like if there's well, okay. I've never been to a repast that serve funeral sandwiches. We actually have real food at repasts. And if you don't know what a repast is, Google it. It's basically something that I found that it's mostly in our community, although different communities have them, where mm-hmm. basically it's at a funeral, like a sandwich after a wake, right? Right. The bereave is usually served food. So I've never had sandwiches. I've had like full meals, but ideally this is something like if there's a potluck, you could bring like a whole bunch of sandwiches at once. Okay. Kind of thing. Um, but yeah, there's like a whole list of recipes tied to this. So there's also Funeral potatoes, which I haven't made for you, but are also really good. Um, I just needed something very quick, and I knew I had all the ingredients in it. And it's just something that's really excellent. You know, when we did it, we made them for road trips. Remember I told you we used to, like, pack ham and cheese sandwiches when we used to travel on the road as a family? Okay. Um, And mom would, like, make something similar to them, put, put them in, like, a cooler, and then we jammed all the way from like, you know, Indiana to Mississippi eating those because we didn't feel comfortable stopping for anything. So it's the same idea, basically. But yeah, yeah, I'm glad you like them. And I'll put the recipe in. Uh, You know what? I'll put it on the website. I haven't updated a website with a recipe in a while. Um, But yeah, it's one of the things I used to really love making and I'm really glad you like them. I did. I really liked them. As a matter of fact, I I have to admit, I might have polished off the tray. (laughs) All I know is there was, what, nine sandwiches? And I came back and it was like, considerably less than that. And I was like, damn, (laughs) the big daddy liked them, was really hungry or both. So All the above. (laughs) Well, good. That's really cool. I didn't, again, it's one of those things that, I grew up making, and sometimes you can think that they're sort of lame, so you don't really make them all the time. But yeah, yeah, I have made cereal sandwiches, damn, in a good 20 years, actually. So, yeah, I'm happy that you like them. Yeah, I did. They were good sandwiches, and I had a lot of fun eating them. So, Even if they are funeral sandwiches. <laughs> Yeah, the name is not so cool, but if you can get over the name, they are really good in in, in a pinch. And my hint to you is even though I made them with hamburger buns, I typically make them with the King's Hawaiian 
slider buns. Okay, that makes sense. So they're already slightly sweet anyway. In fact, now that I think about it, I almost prefer them now with the buns because the brown sugar in the king slider just makes it slightly sweeter. Mm. So I think this one's the perfect mix of that. Okay. Yeah, so yay. I'm glad that that's, that's what you liked. Ironically enough, my favorite thing I made this week or ate this week is actually something I made too. <laughs> uh, I have been wanting to try this really great Mediterranean beef stew recipe um, that, I mean, it's incredible. It has like stew meat and it's like tomato, it's a tomato based beef stew. It has zucchini, um, it had clamata, um, calamata olives. Well, yours didn't. I left the olives out of yours because I know you hate olives. But I put them in mine. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it was really simple to make. I made it in the um, Instapot. I made it with, I, I got some really good crusty bread to serve with it. So you can yes. stop all the good juices. Mm. <laughs> some Italian bread. But yeah, it was... It was sort of like we're in this weird weather space here um, in Chicagoland where it's not super, super hot. It's kind of breezy. It's sort of knocking on Autumn's door. So I thought making a stew would be something that would be light, but something that we can enjoy and not have to worry too much about it. And it turned out to be the perfect dinner. And the really great thing about this recipe is it was a perfect way to get vegetables um, in a space because Big Daddy, he'll tell you, like we talked about earlier, he is all about the meats. <laughs> okay. Yes. So getting him to eat veggies sometimes is a challenge, but you polished that off pretty well yourself. In fact, to be fair, I thought you were going to choose a Mediterranean beef um, stew as your choice. Actually, I thought about it, and here's why. And this is in no shot. One of the things about this. Uh, the stew was that, yeah, we're in a, we're kind of like in the late aspects of summer and it was really, really good and hearty. There's something about the, I have to freely admit, it was very filling, one, and there was something about, I think was it the tomato base? It was very laden with tomato and like sometimes like, you know, with stew meat and tomatoes and bread and like the different veggies and the like the amount of veggies that the guru put in this meal, it was very well blended. But at the same time, when they talk about something sticking to your ribs, this meal stuck to my ribs to the point where, yeah, like, you know, when you polish off a good night a bit. <laughs> and then, like, the next day, you're like, okay, I'm still kind of full. Like, I freely admit, it was a very good dinner. And it was a good set of leftovers. But it was definitely, like, warm. Especially when it's warm. And it was very good. At the same time, it was very hearty. Like, and I think I ate too much of it. That's probably why <laughs> it was not the absolute best thing I ate this week. Well, I loved it, and I will also include the link to the recipe on our site. Um, so, yeah. Um, yay for me for making something that we both enjoyed, right? 
Yes. <laughs> you had double you had double play there. That doesn't normally happen, but that's awesome. So you guys have stuck around, yay, and heard another episode of the Gourmet Goober podcast. So thanks for hanging out with us. Still big, alive. Big Daddy, because I supposedly failed to do it in the first segment, where can they hear you online? You can't find me anywhere. <laughs> I am everywhere and nowhere at once. Okay, so for the first time today, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Tloutlaw. That'd be T-O-U-T-L-A-W. Once again, I can spell. And on the Instagram at Tloutlaw. Josie Wells. You can always find me, JJ Outlaw, at JJ Outlaw on Twitter. I made it super easy for you. You can also hit me up anytime at Gourmet Goober on Instagram. Please send us an email. Oh my gosh, what is with our cat? <laughs> I think our cat's got tats and smoking crack. Our, okay, our, let me try to wrap this up. He's being very vocal. Um, our I almost said our cat. Our email address is thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. And you can also check us out at thegourmetgoober.com. So on behalf of Big Daddy and I and our very loud, noisy cat that's in the other room, but we can still hear them. I like how we have a doggy producer who's sleep right now. Well, yeah, who's just kind of sitting there watching this. Yes. And his job is to, like, be our, like, protectors. <laughs> But decided at this moment he wants nothing to do with this. He's like, look, I'm good. <laughs> so on behalf of Big Daddy and I, thank you so much for listening. We will be back in a couple of weeks. And until next time, happy eating. Happy eating. <laughs>